Stampede. Garner isn't 159, recorded at 10 to 2022. Well, Ely, you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you are not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community. Well, you got trouble, my friend. Right here, I say trouble right here in River City. Why, sure, I'm a billiard player. Certainly mighty proud to say I'm always mighty proud to say it. I consider that the hours I spend with a cue in my hand are golden. Help me cultivate horse sense and a cool head and a keen eye. Did you ever take and try to give an ironclad leave to yourself from a three-rail billiard shop? But just as I say it takes judgment, brains, and maturity to score in a bop line game, I say that any boo can take and shove a ball in a pocket. And I call that sloth the first big step on the road to the depths of degradation. I say first, medicinal wine from a teaspoon, then beer from a bottle. And the next thing you know, your son is playing for money in a pinchback suit. And listening to some big out-of-town Jasper, hearing him tell about horse race gambling. Not a wholesome trotting race, no, but a race where they set down right on the horse. Like to see some stuck-up jockey boy setting on Dan Patch? Make your blood boil, well, I should say. Now, friends, let me tell you what I mean. You got one, two, three, four, five, six pockets in a table. Pockets that mark the difference between a gentleman and a bum with a capital B and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. And all week long, your River City youth will be frittering away. I say, your young men will be frittering. Frittering away their noontime, suppertime, chore time too. Get the ball in the pocket. Never mind getting dandelions pulled to the screen door patched to the beefsteak pounded. Never mind pumping any water till your parents are caught with a cistern empty on a Saturday night and that's trouble. Yes, you got lots and lots of trouble. I'm thinking of the kids in the knickerbocker, shirt tail young ones, peeking in the pool hall window after school. You got trouble, folks, right here in River City. Trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. Now I know all you folks are the right kind of parents. I'm going to be perfectly frank. Would you like to know what kind of conversation goes on while they're loafing around that hall? They were trying out Bevo, trying out Cubats, trying out tailor-mades like cigarette fiends, and bragging all about how they're going to cover up a telltale breath with sense. And one fine night, they leave the pool hall, heading for the dance at the armory. Libertine men and scarlet women and ragtime, shameless music that'll grab your son, your daughter, with the arms of a jungle animal instinct, masteria. Friends, the idle brain is the devil's playground. Trouble! Right here in River City, with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. We've surely got trouble right here in River City. Got to figure out a way to keep the young ones moral after school. Mothers of River City, heed that warning before it's too late. Watch for the telltale signs of corruption. The minute your son leaves the house, does he rebuckle his knickerbockers below the knee? Is there a nicotine stain on his index finger? A dime novel hidden in the corn crib? Is he starting to memorize jokes from Captain Billy's whiz bag? Are certain words creeping into his conversation? Words like, like swell. Aha, and so's your old man. Well, if so, my friends, he got trouble. Right here in River City. With a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. We've surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Remember the main Plymouth Rock and the Golden Rule. Oh, we got trouble. We're in terrible, terrible trouble. That game with the 15 numbered balls is a devil's tool. Oh, yes, we got trouble, trouble, trouble.
Do I believe what took place on January 6th was an illegal act? Well, maybe. But then again, the words when in the course of human events come to mind. Maybe the actions on January 6th were justified. After all, Trump may have lost the election, but there were millions of people who saw a system of machine politics at work. And those machines got Biden elected. And it's true to say every election in our major cities are run by machine politicians. And they aren't exactly conducted without patronage, payoffs, nepotism, and bribery, not to mention a host of other corrupt practices. Yeah, Trump lost all right, but what did he lose too? So who's calling the kettle black? Hypocrisy runs wild in the political world. Sometimes for 30 years, people who get continually reelected by machine politics stand ready to say the people who voiced their support for the January 6th storming of the U.S. Capitol were criminals. Well, if pinning the tail on the donkey results with a populist movement that takes control of the government in November, there are going to be some career politicians who find themselves out of work. But you see, cronyism, backslapping, and under-the-table deals that machine politics foster when those machine politicians are removed from office, they immediately find employment with the businesses they helped give government contracts to. It works something like this. Congressmen allocate millions of dollars for construction projects and often assure that a construction company gets part of that money. When that representative loses his seat in Congress, he gets paid back for favors he committed while in office. The same is true of the lawyers who work as staff for the representative. Those staff lawyers are automatically hired to influential law firms that served in the past to protect their boss, the representative thereby continuing an incestual relationship of favoritism in the judicial system. Machine politics is designed to perpetuate power, so it can't tolerate populist movements, especially those who would show displeasure by breaking into the Capitol building.
So let's be honest here. There may have been some people on January 6th who waved a Confederate flag. There may have been some people that broke windows in the Capitol building. There may have been Capitol police who were injured. Some say killed, but none directly on that day. But a woman who was participating in that event who had been attempting to enter the Capitol building was shot dead by one of the Capitol police. And no matter how you slice it, January 6th took place because people, and I mean millions of people, believed the 2020 election was stolen. They may have been mistaken. But that really doesn't compare with what machine politics steals in every major city in this country. I'm not an apologist for what took place on January 6th, but I see the causes for it. I doubt if there's a single voting age person in America who doesn't feel the propaganda the deceptive practices used by news organizations on the major networks. Americans have become outraged by what the machine is doing, causing TV ratings to drop. Some say that's what promoted and encouraged what took place on January 6th. There were people who genuinely believed that if the election wasn't stolen, It was certainly manipulated. Well, Biden won all right, but the machine politicians couldn't stand that a strong populist movement was able to threat the way they do business. They're scared to death of what is coming in November. With all of that machine power being pushed out of office, The machine can't tolerate 30- or 40-year career politicians losing control. The fact of the matter is the people who rushed the Capitol building may have been patriots, not criminals, because they had had enough of what the country had become.
Talking about international affairs isn't what I concentrate on. It's usually about what our future will be in this country. But yesterday, an event in the Baltic Sea may mean we're in a kinetic war with the Russian Federation. That is to say, we may be in a shooting war. And like any war, it's difficult to say what will take place. When we shared a common responsibility in the working of the International Space Station with Russia, it looked like our relationship of mutual cooperation in advancing science was a healthy thing. But since Russia has helped to create a coalition of nations, Brazil, India, China and South Africa called BRICS, an economic system challenging the preeminence of America's dollar in international financing, things have changed. I've talked about BRICS in previous shows, so I won't spend time explaining why it came about, but suffice to say, what America has become was one of the reasons. Then there was Russia's taking of Crimea, a part of Ukraine which had a large Russian population. There was talk of Ukraine joining NATO, which triggered the Ukrainian eastern provinces with a large Russian population into a civil war. At the same time, Russia was building a pipeline under the Baltic Sea to supply Western Europe with its energy needs. Putin, and a large part of patriotic Russia, believes that Ukraine really is part of Russia. So Putin invaded a country that politically he believes belongs to Russia and, as of last week, held referendums to the people living in the eastern provinces of Ukraine to see if they wanted to form their own sovereignty. Now, yesterday, the Nord Stream pipeline in the Baltic Sea was sabotaged. A section of the pipeline was blown up with an environmental hazard of methane gas being released. There's no confirmation as to who was responsible, but the American embassy in Moscow has issued an official statement that all Americans in Russia should leave, and I quote, immediately, end quote. America may be in a shooting war with Russia, and I wouldn't be surprised if an American military ship is attacked by a missile from a proxy state like Iran in the Persian Gulf or in the Mediterranean Sea.
we should pause. There is war taking place in Europe and the Middle East and increased tension in the Far East with China and North Korea. And that should make us concerned. If America directly or indirectly sabotaged a section of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in response to Russia's referendum for annexing part of Ukraine's eastern provinces, there can be no doubt that we are in a physical military conflict with the Russian Federation. And let me be clear, this could have been avoided. What's at the heart of the tension with Russia comes from an economic control which America has enjoyed for 75 years and the establishment of the petrodollar for the past 50 years. The truth of the matter is Putin is a capitalist and he wants to sell one of his country's abundant natural resources to the West. And that's oil and gas. Putin wants to enter into a market which is controlled by conglomerate Western oil companies that have supplied Europe with its energy needs. He managed to successfully lay two pipelines from St. Petersburg, Russia, across the Baltic Sea and terminating in Germany. Those pipelines had been completed and awaited approval to begin pumping Russian oil and gas, but were stopped. And that's because of the civil war that broke out in the eastern province of Ukraine, which has a close cultural and historic relationship with Russia, unlike that with the rest of Ukraine. But at the heart of this conflict is who is to supply Europe with its energy. Putin is a capitalist, and like any capitalist, you want a return on your money, especially if you're a venture capitalist who takes risks. The fact of the matter is, if someone has an ongoing business and Another similar business opens up next door, automatically there's tension. That's what takes place in an economic system of competition, and it can result in physical retaliation. American oil and gas companies have been controlling how Western Europe gets its energy. And they don't like Russia interfering with their business.
America is being challenged by a realignment of international financial agreements, agreements that have lasted for 75 years, and it may result in war. The facts are we may already be at war with the Russian Federation and very close to a war with China. We should be very careful. The coalition of Brazil, Russia, China, and South Africa, also known as BRICS, makes up over 41% of the world's population. They have a combined GDP of over $40 trillion, or about 32% of the gross world production. BRICS has formed its own banking system with a combined foreign reserve of $4.5 trillion. And they trade amongst themselves. When the United States sanctioned the Russian Federation for the Ukrainian war, those American sanctions are by and large ineffective because Russia is now outside of America's international financial banking system. Whoever sabotaged the Nord Stream 2 pipeline did so as a direct act of aggression against the Russian Federation. And if Russia retaliates directly or indirectly by attacking an American military asset, it'll trigger a response by the European NATO alliance. If one NATO country is attacked, then the entire NATO alliance must act. But today, if an American military ship is attacked, it's very possible Western European countries will not come militarily to America's aid. And the reason for that is because the world has seen what has been happening in America. It's historic debt. It's internal daily mass killings. It's political division. It's social excesses. It's wastefulness. It's failed educational systems. It's declining gross domestic production. It's homeless being on the streets in every major city. It's coming recession. It's printing of money it doesn't have. It's drug addiction. It's disrespect for natural laws. It's loss of moral leadership. Yes, the world has been watching us. We can't tell the world what we want anymore. But our president has said we won't be intimidated. The facts are we're in a war, and it's going to reach into the very heart of this country, and we could have avoided it.
This week on Garner Resent, you first heard from the movie The Music Man, Robert Preston, in a 1962 release, You Got Trouble, then a shortcut from Serge Prokofiev's 1934 composition for the Russian movie Lieutenant Kishé, followed by Modeste Mozorsky's Cut from Night on Bald Mountain, composed in 1867 with Rimsky-Korsakov's arrangement after Mussorgsky's death. Next, you heard a cut from Mussorgsky's The Great Gate of Kiev, an 1874 composition. Then, from Alexander Borodin's 1880 composition, The Steps of Central Asia. And to close, a short cut from Night on Bald Mountain. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.